Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'll get goosebumps by when I hear that. Welcome to the, the Battlefield Podcast, the specials. Uh, today we are starting our second special, which was uh, how the helicopter changed direction in season 405. Following on from our Sandy Jardman. Joining me in the Sandy Jardman was Willie, and he's back again today. Today, uh, this one. How are we doing, mate? Aye, not bad, mate. Not bad. Looking forward Good. to the day. Good. Yes, so many highs and lows in one season, but ultimately, the ultimate high, I would say, coming at the end of it, that will probably never be matched again. No chance, no chance. And we kind of actually thought two seasons before this one that I would have never been beaten, but it just shows you. Mad. Um, huge expectations the season before and season 2003-2004, off the back of what you just alluded to there, the, the treble winning season under well, it was Alex McLeish's first full season in charge of the club. We finished second in that. We only won 25 games out of the 38, drawing six and losing seven. So we know ourselves, especially in the time we're in the now, that when we don't win the league, it's an absolute disaster, chaos. It's you know, it's the end of the world. What before we go into that season, what are your memories of the season before? Because obviously we did come into it on a on a major high. I remember I think that season actually started quite well. I think. I remember it's uh, being pretty strong until I think the the, the first game at, at 
the uh, first home game at Ibrox was uh, I think John Hartson scored. We beat one nothing. Short, uh, I just went completely downhill for that point. And even before that, I remember, I remember getting last minute winners at Kilmarnock. I think we got a last minute winner at Hibs. So you looked, we looked like we were strong, although there was so many changes in the team. But as I say, after that that game, I mean, even the Champions League we looked good at the start of that, only for it to totally collapse as well. But it was you could you'd see that the changes wrong again at the end of that season, leading into this one we're going to talk about. Aye. The season before, Avalanche finished top goal scorer with 15 goals in all competitions. That kind of shows you just how Avalanche was a great player, but 15 goals as your top goal scorer in all competitions. I think you only got 12 in the league. That's that's not good enough, you know what I mean, for Rangers. You need no. somebody that's going to get 20 to 25 goals for you as a striker. Well, you're essentially, as far as I can remember, it would have been him and Thompson. Correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I'm maybe missing somebody outside of Austin stand that, but that's your two main strikers. Mm-hmm. So well, we, we that season, but Moses, but Moses, well, though, was that wasn't his great. That wasn't, I mean, he wasn't the same player when he came back anyway. He was still a great player, but the, the yeah. treble winning season, he was excellent. That season, Michael Moles wasn't at either. No, and mm-hmm. as I say, that when you're talking about Avalaji, and uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about more, especially him, but Avalaji and Thompson, that is essentially that was your two backup strikers getting into 0405. So uh-huh. it shows you how things change and. Improved. Well, we won absolutely yee-haw, making the quarter-final of the Scottish Cup, semi-final of the League Cup. Um, and you, you said there was going to be a huge turnover in players, and that's exactly what happened. Out went Nellinger, Emerson, Capuccio and Berg, um, which really is their contract was terminated, to be honest. Moles, well, no, sorry, Berg wasn't it? Berg was the end of his contract. Capuccio, Emerson and Nellinger had the contract terminated. Michael Moles, who we mentioned, Frank De Boer, Ronald De Boer, came at the end of their contract. Arteta went to Real Sociedad. For what I've got done here, now I couldn't mind the fee, but I found, I'd seen somewhere it was 2.6 million, but I don't know if that's actually accurate. Uh, it was 2.5 I've seen as well, 2.5. so it must be around about that. Around about that. that Stephen McLean. Also departed for 125 grand going to Sheffield Wednesday. Now, the reason why I put him in, there wasn't just the guys that departed, there was youth players moved on, etc. Mm-hmm. as well. The reason why I put, the, put Steve McLean in is we actually got a fee for him. So, really, for for that season, we received what 2.6, 2.7 million for, for players when really there was a lot of international experience went, but I think they, they just bought too many old players. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Too many players that were getting to the end of their career rather than had something to, to prove. And obviously, it, it handled us because, as we've alluded to there, we didn't have the same firepower in, in the league or Europe or any of the cups, obviously. Aye. Um, that that transfer window, we brought in, I mean, looking at the names, when I was doing research on it, arguably some of the biggest cult heroes our club's had in the last, I don't know how many years. You know, you, you talk to Dara Purcell, Alex Ray, uh, Marvin Andrews, Dragon Mladenovic, I'll not put him in the cult hero category. Yeah, Serbian Zidane. <laughs> Jean-Albousson, um, Nacho Novo and Gregory Vignal uh, on loan from, from Liverpool. So looking at what we actually spent, we spent 1.6 million. We got 2.7 in. There's 1.1 million still there. That just shows you the cost-cutting exercise that Alex McLeish had to put up with at that time, yet still managed to get players of your boom songs quality who obviously went on for 8 million, etc. Aye, well that's it. And uh, Alec got a bit of he got a bit of flack at the time for his his transfer policy because it was either 
it was either last year we were getting a dad puzzle or you were getting an Austin Stad or something that would never <laughs> any team any in, in between with Big Eight. But it just shows you when you go it right, you go it right. For such a small outlay. And obviously we made a fair fair whack back when it came to January as well. Well you look at you look at the spine of the team. Obviously two thousand and two, two thousand and three, we had Barry Ferguson, Michael Arteta in the middle of the park, you had Lorenzo Amoruso, Craig Moore, Stephen Kloss and goals. With Michael Moles that we alluded to up front, Avaladze, Debor, etc. Going into 2003, 2004, we lost that spine, the, the kind of, you know, the, the the strength in it, the mentality as well in it. And then we replaced it with a spine of, we've said, obviously, we still had Stephen Kloss, but you had John Allen Boomsong, Arvin Andrews, Alex Ray. Um, you go through the middle, you get Nacho Novo and uh, Dada Purser up front. It shows you how important a spine is because that was the spine of that team all the way through it. Well, I know Boom Song left in January, but practically all the way through that season, that was the spine of your, your, your start 11. It also shows you, you're talking about spine, it shows you, and I'm sure we'll talk about him because it was it was the pinnacle of his, his career at Ibrooks. But Fernando Rickson played a lot of that season through the middle yep. and how crucial he was actually playing in that position. As well, yeah, yeah. We started in pre season, we were away first in Feld, I think it is in Germany. We won 4 0. Nacho yeah. Novo got his, got his first two goals for the club, Ross McCormack and Peter Lovencrantz were the scorers. I seen Nacho Novo's goals about two weeks ago, believe it or not, on the Rangers Archives Facebook page. Two great finishes, um, but I can't say I remember much of the game because I don't think they watched it. God, I can't remember none yet. The, the next scalp though was Roma. Mm-hmm. And no matter whether you're playing Roma pre-season friendly or you're playing Roma in the Champions League or whatever, it's good to see you beat Roma and to beat them 4-1. <laughs> I, I remember that. I've always remembered that friendly just because of the result and thinking to myself, 14-year-old going, oof, yeah, <laughs> to get a, to a decent team there. And I always I think that game, I'm sure Alex Ray scored an absolute rasp that game, I know. I'm not uh, sure. I think he scored the fourth one. But... Purcell also got his first goal for the club. Novo again added another two. All right, some friendlies, but Novo added another two. See, that time, I specifically remember, you know my uncle, right? Big Celtic supporter, right? And, and specifically that time, I remember I used to read the papers every day. I used to kind of wait to get papers and see who Rangers were linked to signing and all that stuff and results for these pre season games that maybe weren't available on the telly. And I always remember thinking, even the Roma game, we better win because if we don't win, he's going to slaughter me. You know, in a pre-season game, do you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> How stupid. I said, you know your uncle, and it's, it is relentless, man. It's relentless for you, too, to be fair. But... <laughs> Needless to say, I've, I've caught a contact with him since 2012. I've not spoke to him in eight years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> um, next up, we, we moved on to Kevin Cottage to play against uh, Fulham. Who were a Premier League team at the time, I think, as well. So again, a good, a good uh, test for us. Um, and Dado Pusso's overhead kick is iconic. Again, even though it's a friendly, it's, it's iconic. Do you know what I mean? That's what a goal. Well, I've got to say that that's the thing. It was a, it was a, a it was a pre-season for getting you excited. So it was because I, I remember actually. I'm sure that game was available to buy or something. You know, aye. Um, aye. And I remember watching that with my my dad and my and my papa. And just watching that goal go in, you're like, oh, get a player in has he? Of course, we knew what he could do the season of the Champions League, you know? So, you see that, and after considering the absolute toss that we, we watched the season of four, that was, it was all good. It was all looking good. 
anyway, that's for sure. Our first uh, game at Ibrox was against Spurs and a 2 0 victory. Now, I didn't know until we were researching it, but it was actually the Walter Till Memorial Cup. I was just the same, mate. I, I never realised that either. Didn't I know that. I wrote a wee bit down, right, and I actually contacted David Mason, who's a club historian, and asked him if he'd any information on uh, Walter Till because it's not something that's very well, you know, it's widely known. He said to me that he wrote a programme on him, or he had, he had a page or two or something like that in one of the matchday programmes for the last season or the year before, where he wrote a bit about him. I've not been able to get my hands on it, but he will send it to you. So I'll maybe put that up on the website or something like that. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty decent. I've wrote a wee bit about him here. I know you probably will have as well. We spotted playing amateur football with Spurs in the summer of 1909. After a close season tour of Argentina and Uruguay, making him the first uh, mixed heritage player to play in Latin America. He made his debut versus Sunderland. Uh, and his home debut versus FA Cup holders Man United. He made 10 first-team appearances, scoring twice before being dropped to the reserves due to racial abuse from opposition fans. He went on to make a further 10 appearances, scoring two goals, uh, before being bought by Northampton Town in October 1911. Tull was the first black infantry officer in the British Army um, and went out to fight for Kenyan country in World War I. It was revealed in 1940 by the Glasgow Evening Times that Tull had in fact signed for Rangers in February 1917 but never got to play for the club as he was killed in action on the 25th of March 1918. So really it was a fitting tribute to the man that Rangers and Spurs obviously played that game given that he played for Spurs and never got a chance to play for Rangers despite signing for them and Nacho and, and Dado scoring the, the two goals to win I don't know if there was a cup or if there was a shield thing or something like that, I can't even remember but um, I remember that game. I remember being annoyed about that game because my dad could make the game and I couldn't. And he went to the game cell and I didn't like when he done that. So, as I said, I was only 14, so I didn't like when he done that. But I, that's what I remember about that game. And I remember watching it and seeing if Roy Ke- Robbie Keane, didn't he get taken off in the first? I think he so. carried off injured, didn't he, to the delight of Ibrox? Aye, I think so. I think so. I just remember it for the, as we were just saying there, just another, to me, it looked like another. A scalp, you know, that uh, just looked promising for what was what was ahead. Plus, I've also got family down south that are uh, Spurs supporters as well, so we were significant as well. But I knew, I, I know the name of uh, Walter Till. I didn't, and I, I don't know, I, you've told me a, a few things here that I, I didn't know at all. One of the things I didn't realise, I didn't realise the guy died in uh, serving his duty. Unbelievable. <laughs> But I know, I know. So. Uh, final preparation for the season was the Gateshead Cup in Newcastle. I did attend this with my dad, my, yep. my mates and his dad. It was a terrific weekend. Uh, if there's any Rangers supporters listening to who remembers that, they will, they will know that it was what a weekend it was. Well, we opened up, getting beat 4 2 off of Newcastle. Um, Shearer scored, Bellamy scored. Oli Bernard went an absolute worldy, I remember. I was right behind it. It was an absolute nailer, by the way. Um, and Kieran Dyer, Dara Purcell and the late, great Fernando Rickson scoring uh, for Rangers. And I think Rickson actually had our chance to pull it back to three each before they went 4-2 four, four up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he missed it. I'm sure they did. Um, that, that game, there was talk about Shearer signing for Celtic running about that time. Um, or the season before, I can't remember. Um, so Alan Shearer got it absolutely stinking after the Rangers supporters. The full stand was moving. It was uh, I'll never forget it for as long as I live. Um, and 
I remember Bobby Robson after it <laughs> calling his muck because we absolutely abused Alan Cheetah and it was all just good banter. Do you know what I mean? It was it was it was good banter. But I remember going and getting trying to get Bobby Robson's autograph at that time and, and he was cheeky a wee Newcastle boy in front of me and I walked away. Um, but the, one of the security guards told us a crack story about him that he'd just got the, their club cars at the time were BMW and he just got the latest whatever it was at the time, BMW. And he sat in the car for about half an hour, an hour one morning before leaving for training. And they phoned him because they thought it was something wrong with him. They said, Are you, you coming in the day to training or what here? Is it happening? He said, I've been sitting in this motor for the last hour and I don't know where to put the key. Of course, it wasn't a key, it was a push button to start it, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't know that and just sat in the motor for half an hour, no one. So I, I, I found that was really, really, really funny. And they'd just seen Patrick Clivert at that time, and Clivert was just being paraded to their fans just as, as we were playing them at half time, I think it was. And Gaza also came out that, that game at half time, doing the nine to the, to the Rangers fans at the behind the goal. Fantastic, man. The final Rangers game wasn't as memorable. We did win it 8-7 on penalties, but we drew nothing each um, during the, the actual game. So, pre-season, mate, we've kind of covered it in a wee bit of depth there. Excellent pre-season as far as I'm concerned. A lot of good teams. We, we won a lot of good, beat a lot of good teams. Mm-hmm. And I, thinking back, looking forward to the season ahead, really. Oh, definitely. Definitely looking forward to it. I think, as I say, We've seen a few of these guys today. It was a wee bit more less. Um, it was a wee bit more known qualities that we had. Uh, and like Marvin Andrews and Dado Purso, uh, Natural Oval, obviously. So we knew what these guys today, and they seemed to be showing it in the preseason as well. So it was just a case of hopefully carrying it on to the actual league season. But I remember at St James's Park. I remember standing underneath. You go underneath like a wee tunnel bit in there, where the players come out, so the buses drive in. It's not Ibrox, but it stops outside the front door, you know, as a wee tunnel. And I remember um, the Rangers players coming out after the, the final game, and I was standing waiting. There was tons of standing waiting to see the, to speak to the players and maybe getting signed in that. And Daryl Purcell was very, very close with Alex Ray at the time. And I think he was his roommate, and I think it's nay coincidence that how Daryl took the club to his heart was, was mm-hmm. doing to Alex Ray, to be honest. But I remember him saying to the fans, Alex Ray saying to the fans around about, watch this, and Alex Ray started singing Follow Follow, and Big Dado, <laughs> Big Dado joined in word for word, oh, <laughs> and it was then, not only was he a great player, but it was then he was going to be taken to the hearts of the, the fans anyway, because he was, he was one of us, he was adopted, as we said the other night after just watching Rangers against the Johnston on Wednesday night, Croatians and Rangers just seemed to be a fit. And they Aye. just go, <laughs> you know, and Dado epitomises that. So, no, it was it was great. He was a tremendous football player, honestly. He really was. That's, I mean, all that stuff aside, the how he took to the club and that, he, he was, he could have been stony-faced and no said anything and we still would have loved him because he was that good. He really was. Aye. And it, it, it's the thing that you hear so much in football, but it definitely applies to him. I just wish we'd go him two, three years sooner. And actually, yeah. seemed to before he's whatever happened with his knees, and and the fact that the team after that particular season weren't as great, you know. But oh, what a player, man! What a player! And really, I wish we had a player like him now. No, you know. Aye. But obviously, Novo signing was the other cult hero, and 
Nacho Novo signing became a cult hero for other reasons. Obviously, we've seen the pictures of him going into Blackheath to be Martin O'Neill, and we all thought he's going to sign for Celtic. And the wee man, as the song says, said no thanks and came out and signed for Rangers. And the rest is history. And he played. And it's only when you look back at Nacho Novo's career at Rangers that you see how many important goals that wee guy scored. Mm. You know, there were certain seasons, but he wasn't exactly prolific in front of goal. But there was other seasons where he scored huge goals, big goals, goals, balls, do you know what I mean? He put them in the back of the net. Even the winner up at uh, Easter Road in this season that we're talking about in, in, on Helicopter Sunday, scoring the penalty to send us to Manchester. Big goals against Celtic. Big goals to send us into the Champions League. Uh, you know, the wee man, what, for 450 grand? Alex McLeish, the, the, the amount of money that, that wee guy made us with goals... I wouldn't like to see it offset and, and see what it is, you know, because we, we made millions thanks to the B-Man. So, getting into the league season, set us up with a start away to Aberdeen, a bit like this year. Yeah. And a nil-nil draw, I remember it. Shite game. <laughs> <laughs> Shite game. A bit deflated after it given our pre-season. But what's your, what's your memories of, the, of the, that day? Do you know, I, I don't actually have that many memories of that day. I remember listening to it. That was, uh, this was still a time when listening to football games on the radio was still quite a frequent thing. And I remember being up my papa's listening to that and just frustration, frustration at being in the in the back foot right away. Because I think, this is right at the, the back of my head, I think in 2003 we'd done the same. If I remember correctly, I think we drew with Kilmarnock in the first day of the season. And then Celtic done the same in the, se- the season before this, 2003, starting. And it just, any time we done it, it just really annoyed me, you know? Just with that, you're just right in the back foot. Especially with that, with that Celtic team as much as I, as I, I hate saying it. Because you, you, you felt as though they were too strong for everybody. But the... Just starting on that and you're thinking, oh God, two points behind already. But as we'll get on to very soon, it was the first five or six games it was to get a, a good, a fair bit worse than uh, that at Aberdeen. A hundred percent. We went on to play Livingston at home, one and four nothing. Hibs at home, one and four one. And I get mixed up because I thought that was the one. I think it was the season before though. Remember McManus scored the absolute screamer? Aye. And it's Stefan Cross, but that was the year Aye, before, was, I think. That was like five three or something that game, wasn't it? It was, it was man. Aye. 4-1 and then the fourth because remember the old firm game this year took place in the fourth game of the season because as it usually does it's just a season it's changed for some reason but as it usually does and so, so, so Celtic Peters won Alec Parkhead as you say it was late on in the game Aye. Alan Thompson an absolute beauty Aye, beat Stefan Kloss and you're looking at that and you're saying you've ten. Seven points in your opening four games. It's not exactly an ideal start to any season. Never mind a season where you've come off the back of the one we had. No, no, I know. And uh, that's also the fact that the Celtic have won. They've won the first four. Yeah. So, and the next game, as you'll probably be going to next, didn't get much better. Nothing each at half. I think. No. Thank you. Aye, we started September not on each of hearts, but remember in that time as well, the pressure was building in McLeish even more because we cashed at the Champions League to CSK in Moscow. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? 2-1 and were beaten away in Moscow, and that was despite going one up, I think, weren't we? We been over no scoring. Or was it one each? I think it was to equalise, aye. Was it to equalise? Um, 
And I couldn't remember, you maybe remember better than me, because when I was looking at the stats, it didn't say, but did did, did he get a, a, a did he get banned after it, Alex Ray, or did he get sent off during that game? I can't remember. Did he get stamped in the boy, or he, or he kicked the guy or something? That rings a bell when you say they stamped in the boy, I think that's true, aye. There was something, aye. and maybe he never actually got done for it, I don't know, but I never actually checked the, the line-up for the, for the second game. But I remember that game, uh, really, again, really frustrating. I can't, I can't remember it too well. I remember the, the, the second leg at Ibrox a lot better. And I do one, one each, and they'll be obviously went out 3-2 um, to CSK Moscow, who were a good side. And they remember they'd Wagner loving all that up front, they were a great side. But I think they, I think they actually might uh, I don't know if that was the year they won the UEFA Cup. I think they dropped it. Champions League, and I think they won it, I'm not sure. But uh, that was a decent team. I think they had Yarisic and all, that's the two I remember, mm-hmm. Yarisic and, and Wagner Love. Might, might have been the year they won it. And obviously, us dropping out the Champions League at that time, we were a lot different to what it is nowadays in terms of qualifying for the Champions League and even mm-hmm. qualifying for Europa League. Now, as we know how difficult it is, um, the teams that are in it are so good. Aye. That then we had one tie to play to get in it. You would expect Rangers, or we would expect Rangers to get in it. We obviously failed. We dropped in the UEFA, UEFA Cup. And this is how early it was that we still had to play a qualifier again to that. Aye. You know what I mean? Against Maritimo. Um, that came in kind of September time, but as you said, we drew nothing each away to Hearts straight after getting beat half a Celtic away. Aye. Immediately, well, to finish August, as you said, Celtic won other games, so they're sitting on 12 points, we're sitting on seven, we're five points behind in the first month of the season. You yeah, hopefully want to start the second month of the season a wee bit better. You draw away to Hearts, you crash out of Europe. I think we were also beaten in Maritimo in between the Hearts game Aye. and the Inverness game at Ibrooks. So I remember the Inverness game at Ibrox and I remember going into it thinking, well, the talk was, if we get beat here or we draw here, Alex McLeish is sacked and mm-hmm. we change manager in, what, September? You know, so it's mad. It was, it, I remember the, the particular, the, the away game, uh, the home game, sorry, with Maritimo, the, the pressure was massive. I think the, I think it, it took us quite a while to score that night as well. And uh, that didn't help help matters either. But it was it was massive pressure. I'd I'd go down. I believe that when we beat Kelly one 0 at home, I think Celtic drew. Yep. That weekend, I think that was the first points he dropped. So that probably took away a wee bit of the pressure. But it was still massive, massive pressure on him. So it was. They drew two two away to Hibs that same day or the next day. Sorry if we beat uh, Inverness one on Ibrooks. I suppose they started their Champions League campaign because they made the Champions League that year. Right. And I suppose it maybe brings in the, the, the extra pressure of playing in a competition like that um, and then getting into the league games, you know, the intensity of it. And I, when, when I was talking to uh, David Robertson, he was saying about that, about how you go out on a, on a Wednesday night and you're playing Juventus and Walter Smith had still gave Gaza and Loudrop that free role but he'd got everybody else to cover for them, right? Which obviously you would because it's Loudrop Gaza. But then you've, you come back and you're playing Patrick Thistle or something like that. And all of a sudden, that intensity is gone, that, you know, that focus is gone. He said, and it's hard to switch between. That side obviously done it really, really well in terms of domestically because they've done, well, dominated domestically for years. Europe would any day as well as probably we should have. Celtic that season, Champions League, going into the Champions League, we're beating decent teams in the Champions League. 
are certainly up against decent teams. And then domestically, you did start to see some of the results as you were going through it start to go up and down. I suppose it probably had an effect because, as you've said, what a squad they had. Aye, aye. It, it must have. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but it, it, it sounds, it's, it probably, that probably sounds strange to me and you sitting here now and, and obviously not played the game at, at that level. But I wonder if it is just a, it just is literally a case of sort of your excitement for to play things like that and then you're gone and it is at this level unfortunately especially especially at this level because there is such a drastic change and I think that's just in your head you're going oh god but god of course if it helped us and I'm sure it's it's went the other way and it's helped them as well with us when it's happened before then you're not going to complain about it definitely when you look at the year before, when we made the Champions League, and you've seen the effect that it had on us, obviously. So there must be some, there must be something in it somewhere um, that, that would suggest that. Obviously, the next game we were away to Dundee, and I think that was really where Nacho Novo announced he sells a Rangers player because he struggled to find the net up until that point, and I think he was actually dropped for that game. Was he not? Did he come on as a sub? Come on as a sub. I I think that was actually his first. Far that goal against CSK, I think that was his second and his third goal. Yeah, yeah. And he, he was dropped that game, um, and that was that. He scored. Uh, I, I remember one really well. It was just across the goal, just a tap in, and uh, I can't remember his second one so well. But that was amazing to be man. After that, he, he literally never scored the rest of the season. He was a, he was an absolute flying machine. After that, we ended September as you said. We're in the European qualifiers. You mentioned we were. We were beat earlier. We then then had were were obviously were, were return leg at Ibrox. We won one nothing. Had to take any extra time. Big Dado scored that night. Again, another important goal for us. Um, taking it to extra time. Went on to penalties. And Gregory Vignal scored the winning penalty to send us into the group stages. That's correct. That's exactly what I was about to say. That's uh, Gregory Vignal's forgotten other big moment. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but that was that. I, I remember the, the. I remember watching that game as well. Uh, I had I, my, my two cousins were in the other halves uh, for that game. I'm not sure where my dad was, but I just that was a massive pressure. And I remember thinking uh, that was already taught as well. Just saying there, that was already taught was basically if, if we don't score here in the next half an hour or whatever, he's out. You know, it was lit. It was literally at that Aye. point. Wait for the police. And um, I'll let you carry on. We finished again, we finished September though, and we were still five behind them for all they had dropped points, so had we. Mm-hmm. So we were still five behind them, do you know what I mean? And, and you start to lose momentum a wee bit, and, and there's talk about your manager getting sacked, and there's this, that, and the other. That's what I was talking about with the mental strength within that team, the spine of that team to try and carry you through to, to better times, which obviously were. On the horizon, um, in terms of getting into October, but still, I think we took to October that year really to start to play. Well, I think so. I think there, there was another uh, crucial game. Um, I think it might have been September. You, you could correct me there. It might have been October, but uh, I remember it would be pivotal as well in the way the season went and the way for Big Eck was the, the League Cup game in Petodre. Yeah, I remember yeah. being a bit of pressure on that game as well, and obviously an outstanding goal. Be, uh, Fernando and I, I'm not even sure who scored the second one I can't even remember but I think could you, did you have a date for that? 
Okay. That was, I remember that being crucial. And it just, just gradually, as you say, coming into October, we're just starting to get ourselves. And you can see the results. You'll have the results soon as me. You can see the results have picked up massively again at this point. Far maybe Europe, which was a bit of a surprise. I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But that, um, by the time that came to an end, it was a, it was a, I was actually disappointing and quite surprised, I'd say. Well, October, October, we started with a 2-0 home victory against Kilmarnock. And again, as you see, you can see the results improving. Then we went away to Motherwell. And I'm sure that was Gregory Vigneault's other. Because he did, I'm sure Gregory scored. Did he score one or did he score two at Motherwell? I thought that was the I thought that was a Purso. When Purso scored the Maybe two. Maybe it was. Maybe it's later on in the season. It was Vigneault, but I'm sure Vigneault scored at Motherwell as well. He did. He did. Um, and I just can't remember. It might have actually been the same. In a case, Vignal scored two, one of the games, and Purcell scored two in the other. In the first part, uh, I just can't remember the order of them. Uh, but, uh, no, it, 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 it did I remember that now. Aye. So it was 2-2 two, two and a wins to start, obviously, and then we could home to Dundee United, who were absolutely shite. <laughs> it's only hard to describe yeah. them. Yeah, they were our bogey team, the full season. They were, I was with my, my dad. At that point, my dad wasn't he going to the, the football as much? I, I actually think he, was, he picked his games terrible that season, actually. When he him. <laughs> Honestly. But we went to that game and uh, I remember Nacho scoring a cracker. I think we'd struggled to break him down that day as well. And he scored an absolute cracker from my old seat. It, just, it was just a, a screamer right, right behind it. You could tell it was going in the whole way. And then uh, Barry Robson scored... An unbelievable free kick in the last minute. Yep, I remember that. I took that down as the way I took it. As I say, I might be a wee bit wrong here, mate, but you can correct me. I think that same round of fixtures are, are run about. I think the Celtic had lost. I don't know if it, it might have been Aberdeen that beat them at Parkhead. Yeah, we both. I think that only, we'd went for, I think we were maybe five behind going into that and ended up only four behind because we lost that last minute equaliser. But as you say, bogey team. Absolutely. I think they, they scraped, scraped staying in the tap league that season done the United and yet we couldn't beat them. That's, you said we went four behind then or we managed to improve on the, oh, you can't say it's improvement because you're still four behind Celtic and it's only October, but that was the way the, the month would finish because we were awaited in Fairland, we beat them 2-1 two, two and then as I said, I think the game that probably Rangers announced themselves as being ready and you looked at them and said, no, they can take teams apart. They can. It's a bit like this season, to be honest with you. You need to be able to see if we can finish teams off. Do you know what I mean? There's so many times it was 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, whatever. And you need to finish them off. Aberdeen came to Ibrox. I remember the game, like it was yesterday, Fernando scored an absolute beauty. Um, we pumped them. That's the only word I can describe it. We pumped them 5 nothing. I remember them showing up. I think they thought because of the week before, They'd beat the Parkhead and they beat Celtic. I think they, they thought coming here that they could they were ready to turn us over because I remember them that day and they were confident. Their fans were confident and they, they were absolute scalp five none. Um great yeah. day, Ibrox. A brilliant day. I was actually at that game. But my dad was and he never <laughs> he never he never told me. I I, I, could, I think he'd come back I'd come back and I watched that up at my, my nans and papas and he could, he'd won a he'd won a bet. At it, and I was raging that he was at it, and I wasn't. They know, I'll not get any of the season tickets at that point, but 
I just remember it'd be a, a great game yourself. Fernando Rickson's goal, that's the one that sticks in my head as well. Cracker. Just bounced in front of the, the goalkeeper, uh, didn't By the way, he scored two or three like that, though, the same style. Just going to bounce uh, in front of the goalkeeper and into the corner. And as you said, Fernando, Fernando was unbelievable that year. When you look at this season, especially, and you think about, right, we need somebody to step forward and be a leader. We need people to take the, take the team by the scuff of the neck. Fernando did that and then some. Oh, he did. He, I think he scored. Well, I've got him down here. I, I put on my notes. He was the most appearances that season. We'd played 51 games and he, he started every one of them. He got nine goals. I can just about remember every one of the goals because he'd never scored a badge in. Bar uh, one tap in at the back post against Hearts. That's uh, the only one that was um, that wasn't that wasn't a good goal, but they're all good goals. But. Uh, and I remember, as, as I say, I remember that one against Aberdeen very well. I think Peter Lovencran scored that day. Um, did Stephen Thompson no score? I think he did. I think he did. Um, and I can't think who else. But it was a gubbin. It was a gubbin. Just on that, that game as well, I remember that in my head. I remember that game being quite significant as well. I think it was a midweek game. And I'm not sure if Celtic got points that day as well. I, I think I've not really checked... As you say, I've just checked what their tally was at the end of each month, but I think they did, looking back, I think they did also drop points in as well. I think getting into that time, as I said, was the midst of their Champions League run. And then, being in, don't get me wrong, we were in Europe too, but you've got to remember the UEFA Cup at that time, it was like one game a month. Aye. Because there was like five teams five teams in the in the group, so you weren't playing like we day new every second week. There's a Thursday Aye. night, a, a Sunday, Ibrox are away, and you know, it, it was a lot easier to manage to you if I cover that point. That's why nobody wanted to be in it. It wasn't really prestigious. Now when you're in it, it's a proper competition now, do you know what I mean? But it no. wasn't really prestigious then. So it's, it's the Champions League was where you wanted to be. Still is where you want to be, obviously, but it's kind of becoming for the elite, the Champions League, I would say. Um, always the thing, it was always, and especially that, that year as well was the same. It was always weirdly balanced, wasn't it? The groups were the five. Got, two teams that were completely absolutely honking and then you would get three teams that were sort of fine out as if it was like two separate wee groups you uh, know uh, but also we never we never get the, the benefit that year you said about how we would have there was some absolute dire teams in the UEFA Cup that year uh, Amika Ronke was probably one of them and they were in our group and they were our first game and we gubbed them five and a half away in Poland um, nothing short of what we'd expect Range of supporters. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard of them since. No, never heard of them before. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> no, so the less said about that, I think the better, because that just shows you how poor the UEFA Cup was at the time that you had teams like that. And it need disrespect to them, but it's it's even even like as you're as you're saying there, even our opinion on it, and at that time, and for all that we were. It was maybe easier to compete with these 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 teams, uh, these richer teams back then. But even our opinion on it was a way back, like, oh, could be dealing with this, you know. As a point of view, where we, uh, you can see the nights, it's like Champions League nights nowadays mm-hmm. in Europa. But I had a decent start. Um, the next game was pretty good as well. Grats are AK, mean nothing at Highbrooks. Aye, again, that was something that I've heard many grats are AK, I think, and I had Amika Ronke or whatever they were called, but still a team that I would expect them just to beat, do you know what I mean? A, t- a team that I would expect, especially Ibrox, a team that I would expect I, us I would to take a highlight. Eight past the two teams, you know, I would, I would, that's what we've been looking at, definitely. Aye. 
Moving into November, November has got to be a huge month. You said about the turning point for Big Ek was probably the League Cup uh, third round, I think it was, starting Aberdeen. Right. And the, the win in that, which set up a League Cup quarter-final that month against Celtic um, at Ibrox, and a league match also against them at Ibrox. Uh, the other teams drawn in the UEFA Cup group, as we said, uh, was Amika Ronke, we've touched on, Grazer AK and Izzy Altmar in Auxerre. Two more familiar names, two names that probably would... We'd look at and say, oh, we'd look forward to the games. We'll get to their results. Obviously, they were not as good as uh, the first two, <laughs> sadly. But and I've actually got a good story about the Auxerre one. I don't know if you mind it, but I do have a good story about that. But we started our we started our league uh, in November. Obviously, our way to Livingston four one. We beat them, and that set us up for the League Cup quarter final at home to Celtic. No. You were at the game. I'm going to let you crack on with it. No. I know that's Snow White's day. I'm talking about the Rangers. Snow yeah. <laughs> White is beautiful. <laughs> I had a Purcell's goal that night. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, was, I was at that game. That was that was back in the days when you get your, your League Cup games part of your ticket. <laughs> so that was the good thing about it. Um, I went at, I was at that game with my, my cousin Jordan. Uh, and for a long, long time it was my favourite, my favourite old firm game that I went to. It was just tremendous. I think I think Celtic had maybe beat us six or seven times in a row. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was, it was something diabolical like that. I remember some bob in the in the Celtic end had a but I feel like, like decontamination sort of suit hanging in the sign with all the seven results. And throughout the game, it was in different sections, parts of the Broomland, you know. Well, I, I, I can remember his face at the end of the game as well. <laughs> but the, it started, I remember that game, uh, I started, I think Stephen Thompson got injured quite early. And yeah. I remember thinking to ourselves, that's a bit of, a bit of blow. Um, and then that's when they, they, I think they brought on Big Dad over it. I, I, I must have got in, he must have got the, the head, the head, the, head head the game before. I did, because he had it with the, did we play Hibs before that game? No, or was that Hibs after? I think it was Hibs after it, away. Right. Um, I can't even remember. Anyway, that might have been the game we got it, but I remember Stephen Thompson going off and being a wee bit disappointed with that thing. Oh, that's going to affect us. And then, second half, Big, uh, big Hartson scores a header at the back post. Cracking header. Felt as though all the, the bastards all the time scored headers against us at that point, honestly. It, 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 that's what it felt like. Um, but we never chucked it. it sort of, I sort of remember a feeling that a goal was coming, you know. It was definitely coming. And then I think there was a moment. I think it was Namucci won it. has a dig and you can only push it out. And um, big big dad in it an open net. Yep. Uh, oh, absolute just bedlam. Pure complete bedlam. And as I say, cause there was a lot riding on it because we hadn't beat them in so long. But as we were speaking about there, and as you were saying, you were touching on with the, the Aberdeen game, it was starting to feel like a Rangers team that actually could get the result against them coming up to this point. I think there was a, there was definitely a belief. Similar later in the season when we went to Park Kid. Um, which we'll talk about in the in in the next part. Um, 
and and we beat them then later in the season at March time or wherever it was. There was that there was a belief there as if this is the this is the, the one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got that. I think Big Boom song, if I remember as well, was not I've not watched the highlights for a long for a while, but I think I'm sure he was pretty close to, to getting as a winner too. And then in the in the extra time, I vividly remember, I've told you this before, the the ball, it's actually brilliant fitba. It's really good fitba to get ourselves out for the, yep. the high cost uh, grab, grabbing the ball between the Mucci and Rickson. And I remember I'm I'm storing up screaming you you remember my old seat Ibrooks and Ed I think Natural was at the right and Arvadji at the left at the Rickson. He's went all the way into the park and I just remember shouting, Get de novo. <laughs> I think we were all shouting that. What are you doing? <laughs> and the middle of shouting, get to Rovo, what are you doing? We shot a man left foot into the bottom corner and it's just absolutely, oh man, amazing, amazing. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps through, just talking about it. <laughs> but uh, I remember coming out and they were doing a bit of work outside I works that, that day, so there was big metal fences and that and and it was just it was it was compact because everybody was sort of going out the same way, and everybody's just it was just getting banged, slammed all the way along. And songs were absolutely getting belted out. Just oh, what a day! I remember it so well. Uh, I, I remember getting home. This is obviously me and you, fourteen year old, getting home, walking home, absolutely buzzing up the game and going, oh shit, I've not done my maths homework. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Mr. Marson was a, was a, was my maths teacher, so as you know, I was 100% getting in and making sure I'd done my maths homework when I got in. But he also was a blue nose, so he's. Well, I, remember, <laughs> I, remember, I remember his reaction after that game went into class the next day, too. But, oh, man. And as I say, for a long time, the, my favourite old fun game until a certain uh, American scored a last minute goal a few years later, but. Uh, oh, just tremendous, man. Which, which we that sad, we reenacted that goal one night watching it on the telly. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was hilarious, but uh, hey, listen, that's what it's all about, man. That is, that is. I remember vividly as well, as I said before, about my uncle, phoning my uncle that night to give him absolute pelters at the fact that the Rangers had, had put them out of the cup. Of course, ended a treble dream as well at that time, you know what I mean? And, it was great, and especially coming off the back of six or seven. And I remember his words to me: "You've won the battle, but you haven't won the war." In reference to what ten days later at Ibrooks, obviously in between then we had to go to Easter Road, which is a daunting trip at the best of times. But we were in high spirits, yeah. and obviously we we, we beat Hibs one 0 that day. Well, it was to be natural, didn't we? Uh, was it natural? The red card, right? Um, yeah, that's right. And again, uh, but. Purcell scored a penalty. He might. Did he miss one that day? He might, he might have, have, by the way. He might have. I'm sure he did. He I'm might sure have. Um, I, mean, I was trying to find highlights of that game because there's a brilliant video of the crowd that I think everybody's uh, when the penalty. Right. And for some reason, some weirdo in the, the Hibs, end, uh, Hibs end is filming it. So, to your benefit, obviously. But And it's it's brilliant, you know. But I, I remember that. I remember uh, one of them get sent off as well. I think it might be Gary Caldwell. Um, and again, just set us right up for, for them coming back to Ibrooks again. You've got to remember, though, the Hibs team at that time was your Thompson, Scott Brown, 
Ivan Sproul, remember at the time, Gary mm-hmm. O'Connor, you just mentioned Caldwell, Stephen Whitaker, Tony Mowbray was a manager, and what a team they played the best football in Scotland really at that time, in terms of actual football, you know what I mean, maybe they're not getting results the same way Rangers and Celtic would do, and that's what sets the two aside for the rest, but they were, well, they were tremendous to watch. That's it, and it, it's thingy uh, it's to where all the guys went, I mean the captain, the captain was Ian Murray, and even he, he ended up going to Ivers, you know, it, it's testament to where the boys ended up, uh, how, how decent a team they were. It's just uh-huh. probably a thing, and there I just to touch on them for a for a, a slight moment. There, it's uh, it's disappointing that, that Scottish football is the way it is. That they they couldn't have kept on holding them. They were obviously going to they were always going to sell the guys whenever it, it came up, just so they need to uh-huh. how it goes and what they could have actually done. But we Th- got thank- thankfully we did with Kevin Thompson. <laughs> well, I, I think, even as much as I, I, I don't feel as is good about them nowadays, even like Whitaker and, and things like that. Aye. Oh, definitely, aye. Good team, aye. Good, good, good result, that. Always a good result. Always a good result, but particularly that season. The first of one two, day. one no victories Easter Road. Second one, maybe a wee bit more significant, but um, set that, us up. That's the other thing as well, Scott. See that season, um, they, that was, if you were talking about the United, we knew a bogey team. Well, Hibs were probably their bogey team that season as well. I, think they, I don't. I don't know if they got. I, I never got a win at all against them like we did with Dundee United. But that was the as we'll touch on getting into the split, and obviously we've already spoken about. Uh, I think earlier on in that season as well, they dropped too strong. Right. Right. That set us up to get into the home home old firm game um, against Celtic. No. If you're going into an all-firm game in poor form in terms of six or seven defeats to them on the spin, it's not a nice feeling. If you're going into it after one and one and you're thinking, great, but then the expectation comes back, then the, the, the joy you remember of beating them mm-hmm. and the dread of losing increases for me. Do you know what I mean? There's no way you can enjoy the games. I don't care who you are as a support. I don't know if as a player, because as a player you can actively do something about it, but as a supporter sitting in the stand or at home or wherever watching the games, there is no way you can enjoy it unless you have a cast iron guarantee that you're going to win that game. Right? So to go into that, Natural Nova wins the penalty. Stan Varga, I think it was. And um, the broke doom and the wee man buries it. He was sent half the week before. <laughs> so you can imagine <laughs> You can imagine the conspiracy theorists <laughs> among those in the Brumont <laughs> who were probably saying that he shouldn't have been on the park, etc., or whatever they were saying at the time. But obviously, the wee man done his job, put the ball away, and then it's big daddle, wasn't it? Aye. It scored. Brilliant heater. Brilliant heater. I mean, he never, uh, there wasn't even that much power in it, but he's put out, but it must have, would have been Hedman, Mag- Magnus Hedman in goals for them. I think it was. I think it was. It's the only place you can reach it. And it was just a tremend- tremendous ball. Fernando Rickson again. Honestly, what a free kick, set piece. Um, but no, you're right. It, you you can't you can't enjoy the game. Just well, you you know me especially. I I'm absolutely horrendous. But uh, I I enjoy the moment. Well, fun games. I enjoy the moment the goals go in, and then I enjoy the the full time whistle if we won. That's literally it. I don't take any other pleasure whatsoever. And I, when I do, when they have they moments happen, I really enjoy it. With but the that was that was that was a, a strange game in the sense that you after doing what we've done ten days before, I just remember being supremely confident 
that day going into that game and just knowing that it was going to go the way it did. And uh, obviously, we were helped by the two sending halves as well. One of them, I, I, I can't even, I don't even know what he was thinking that big. <laughs> was that when Chris Sutton couldn't handle getting beat at Ibrox and decided to take his cell out of the game? Any fancy, aye. Any fancy. Aye. And then we're supposed to believe him when he when he spouts his shite on the telly nowadays, you know what I mean? Mate, you couldn't take it and beat Ibrox with the respect for you just doing after that, you know? I know. Um, the next week no, uh, before we go actually that was the war that I was felt that we hadn't won yet well we did, we won the battle and the war and thankfully throughout that season we won the ultimate prize at the end of it so I would say we won everything really alright, we might get something else but that didn't matter much Um, we went on to play Hearts at Ibrox in the next game I specifically remember this because they drew earlier in the day in D. Um, and we had a nail-biting game, I would say, at home at Hearts, where we could go top of the table. It was, uh, uh, and it was a, it's, it, it was again, it was one of my favourite games for that season. I was there with our, our good mate Austin, uh, uh-huh. that and they scored first, didn't they? A penalty. The yep. Vries uh, was it? No, it was it was Hartley. It was Paul Hartley. It was Hartley. Did Vries score second one? Scored aye uh, later, and uh-huh. as as it always seemed to be the case with him, just. Caused absolute havoc, man. Yeah. Honestly, great big player, him. Um, but and obviously, we Nacho get the get the two goals. I can't remember how the scoring went. I think it was it went one. They scored first one each. Uh, right, maybe right in the stroke of half time. I think it might have been. Uh, Fernando Rickson scored, and then I'm not sure if we went behind again or or, or, or Nacho scored first. I think one of the goals was a cracker as well. Uh-huh. Outside the box, they don't, they don't just keep rising. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it, I thought it loved the keeper, did you know? Oh, sorry, it was the one I'm thinking about. I think was was it Dundee or Kamarnock? Can you mind? And it just, it, I remember obviously where I sat, I just the behind it, and it just kept rising. It just didn't, and it, you're right, but the, the one that hearts was, it was like loved the goalkeeper. It was a cracking goal, uh-huh. um, and then we get the third, which I think was quite late in the game as well. Uh, I always remember it was I think it was Stephen Hughes actually they're a name that, that uh, I don't think about uh, very often nowadays I think it was Stephen Hughes pass for the winner um, yeah. for me natural again and it's same as you that was that to go to go top that day I remember it being significant as well you think as well the tides turning a wee bit we finished that 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 month of November on 32 points, they were on 31. We had forced the, the kind of five-point swing, a four-point swing a wee bit. You're thinking psychologically, is that, you know, is, is that the tide turning finally in our favour? You're hoping then you can push on and stay top of the league and, and extend the lead. The lead um, and and get then you go to Yes. And draw one each. Fucking bro. You were Inverne- I, I was at that game. I Inverness, Cali Thistle. Never forget it. Because I was supremely confident, obviously, in how Rangers had been performing and the fact that Inverness, Cali Thistle were relatively new to the league at that time. And well, we're Rangers, we were going to beat them, etc. They were playing at Pataudry, couldn't play at the Rain Stadium. We go and we drew one each. And oh man, see the, just the dread. Of shit, it's happening again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That familiar feeling that we've had in the last couple of years. So the familiar feeling of dread 
that we've dropped points. They've obviously got the chance to go back ahead of us again, and it's like we've not accepted that invitation to push on and really take the title race to them. We know that feeling in the last two years alone, and it's no nice because it's that whole shit's happening again. It, it was, and it, I think that season was quite topsy-turvy. We, when it got certainly we got to this point in the, in the league, uh, we was trading places with him. Um, but it was so, so frustrating. I, I, I think we'd done it a couple of times where it was literally one or two games later that season where we we, we made an asset, you know. Oh, that's that's right. a case in point, especially after such a good run. I think that was six runs. That's six wins in a row, um, leading up to that game. And today, the way the two games, especially even the three games before it coming to the Hibs game, really three really strong opponents, strong wins, and any of that, just murder. It's dreadful. Absolutely. I remember that feeling, and it was just horrible through there, and having to travel down the road and think... We might have fucking blown a golden opportunity here, you know, because you were waiting on them really kicking in because they had been quite inconsistent. And as we've said about the quality in, in their squads, which they would obviously add to in January as well, we would like that. This could be an opportunity here to take the take the title race to them, and just we just never done it at that particular day. No, and as as I say, as much as it pains us to see it, if you if you don't if you don't. Uh, Give them the credit for how good that team was, then you're you're kidding yourself on. And 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 that's when it comes back to 2003 and 2005 about how 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 impressive it was. We're going back to mentality and that to actually what we've done against that team. Aye. On the other side of that, games like this, as you say, it did sort of feel like oh well, that's it. You've still got over over half a season to go. And you, you, you sort of feel like, God, we're totally going to ask it. And, and you, you really feel, like, when's the next one going to come? But I think the next game might have been picked up again. 3 0, Hope Dundee. Aye. Lyle Dame at Ibrooks, getting back on track again, getting back winning again. Um, away to Kilmarnock again, another, even back then, tricky, tricky fixture to take in. We beat nah, them one. That game. Avalade, we beat them one. Nothing. And in between that, I said we had only had one game, usually a month in Europe. This this month, I think we had two, and we had one at um, away. He said, Altmar, we get beat one. Nothing. Like I said, it's probably a team that we would, a good side at the time, I, but it's probably a team we would like. Well, we should, that's the teams we should be competing with. Disappointing to lose. And we lost to Ogsair, 2 0 yeah. at home. I as I said, that, yeah. that knocked us out. And as I said, I had a story about that. I was actually on my way to the game because you mentioned Stephen Hughes earlier and my dad done work with a guy who was pals with Stephen Hughes. And Stephen Hughes managed to get his tickets through that because I never turned up the option of the package for the European mm-hmm. Games. So Stephen Hughes, I don't think, was involved that night. And he gave his he gave the tickets to Graham Smith, the substitute goalkeeper, at the time or on that night. Um, to leave at the front door at Ibrooks and he left them in his locker at Ockenhowie and I was on my way to the game and I had to turn back <laughs> turn back, he get beat to nothing and blamed Graham Smith for his going out of Europe that, that year because I said if I was there I would have won <laughs> so I blamed I, I, him 
a reasonable way to think, to be honest with you. That was the, that was the story. So Graham Smith, no, the one we had on the podcast. By the way, the other one, remember we had two. Um, he cost us in Europe that year. We could have we could have done a Manchester run early doors than we actually done it, um, and he cost us it. So that was that. Um, we went away. We went home to Motherwell. Sorry, four one. Finishing off two thousand and four, we a strong victory at home against again a good side. Mm-hmm. Um, a side who would have obviously a say in the championship in the end. And the end of that year, we were one, one behind going into, going into the new year. Obviously, January window coming into it, starting to get rumblings of what's happening, um, who we were interested in, who they were interested in. And obviously, we'll get to that in the next podcast. But we knew we were probably going to lose John Allen Boomsong. Graham mm. Soonis ensured we would lose. John Allen Boom song the first day of 2005. You know I mean? Never even give us a, a couple of weeks to, to have a wee bit of hope. Deal done, beat it, gone. And I don't know how, just obviously that would be in part two, but how do you feel the first half of that season, season went? Because it's mixed really for myself. You know, there was ups and there was downs. Aye, it, it really is mixed. As I say, it, it's, there's, we would do something really good and then follow up by just make a complete ass or something, you know. Um, but it shouldn't be forgot that for that, for the, and you touched on it when we were talking about it last night, for the for the Celtic game away in the fourth game of the season, there's been no other, no other defeats no. Been right up to this point of the season. Uh, just so many memories here. And obviously I remember Europe. I remember still being disappointed at the way it went. To be fair, I think AZ Almar sort of announced herself on a wee bit maybe a bigger stage that season. I think they had a really good season that year um, and would continue to do so uh, for the next couple. And Oxdale was just a complete disaster. I think we never seen much of Zura Kijanese really after that, that season, uh, after that game. But so many memories, a great goals, uh, great games. And it just shows you that how it, how it can go in Scotland if the teams are evenly matched, you know, and they have got that strength thrown about, and the different teams, it can change so many times as it seemed to do this half of the season. I can but, remember actually saying though after the Oxford game, the boom song, I don't think covered his selling glory either for the two goals. No, no, and I, I remember when I was reading back about it there in my head, I remembered boom song being the one that had an absolute shocker. Uh, I think Zura must have had an even worse game. Um, but it's what I can remember. And he played Boomson played against Kilmarnock. I I checked there because I thought he'd actually hadn't played that game, but it was actually the next game, obviously, in the lead up to him leaving against Motherwell where he didn't play. Aye. Because the deal was obviously done, wasn't it? But I remember feeling like a, a jilted lover and saying he was he was he was shite against dogs there anyway. So it's obviously when you step up the opposition. John Allen Boomsong isn't a great player anyway. And he went on to Newcastle and probably proved that point, to be honest. I don't think he was great with left Rangers. He probably never played better again than what he did for us. I'm not saying he never played better before he came to Ibrox, but he probably never played better again in his career after they left yeah. that six months. Sorry. I would agree with that. I would agree with that because I remember saying that to people like, oh, it's going to happen now. You've lost Boomsong. But I showed him Europe there against Auxerre when he was come up against better teams. He was shite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, embarrassment. He was that bad at Newcastle. I actually felt embarrassed. 
soon as must have thought we'd slung him a defi there, oh. man. Just here. Here you go. <laughs> but uh, oh hey, we'll talk about it next one. We we certainly spent it well. But oh, oh just just a brilliant a, 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 no no brilliant in terms of results all the time, but brilliant for so many memories. Um even some even like that command up game. Uh, I remember Shot Avalazis, that goal that day was just a, a complete cracker to a goal. Uh, I was reading about Avalazzi. Because uh, I was saying I wanted to, I wanted to talk about him. I wanted to make a point and talk about Shot Avalazzi because I've, I, he's, a, he's one of my biggest regrets. As good a player as he was for us, he's one of my biggest regrets. A Rangers player that I felt as though he wasn't wasn't used right enough and wasn't used enough. As particularly, yeah. uh, all right, we'll see. He was uh, some dancer, or not? To be fair, oh, brilliant dancer, especially. <laughs> I think he, when I was reading, he started 17 games that season. And that's just, uh, see for as good as, as possible, no word, you can't really argue with it. But that is unbelievably underused, man, for a guy. Technically, just tremendous. Just to shut him out wide. I know, I know. Same with Loving Cranes. Goes to AZ Altma, and we've seen what we, we could have had for another couple of seasons. But that's for another that's for another day. But just technically phenomenal football player, and I've got just him alone. I've got so many memories for that season. As I say, particularly the best one being that uh, League Cup quarter final. But I what a player. Aye. We should also mention just before we finish up that we were about to lose Stefan Kloss as well. Now I remember us coming home for school at lunch. Andy, and I think it was my mum that told was it my mum or something? I can't remind it was something it was ridiculous. Uh, it told us one by a manager or something, and it was that big news she couldn't shout <laughs> on I loved it. We all loved Stefan Cross. I mean, what a goalkeeper it was for Rangers. And it's, I mean, you've come up with Gorham and McGregor and all that. I Stefan Cross is right up there with, with any of the best that we've had in the history of our club. And I, I thought that was it. I thought, how many things can go wrong? And that's what I mean with a mental strength. That's what I mean with, a, with an ability to keep going, setback after setback after setback. Kloss was also captain. Do you know what I mean? So to lose your captain and lose such an influential player as Stefan Kloss was, to keep going and keep going. And obviously, again, Alex McLeish's recruitment or whoever was Danny's recruitment, whatever his scouts were at the time, excellent for the January window, probably won as a title. But You've scary, been- man. When you're talking about that, actually, because that season, uh, Craig, Craig Moore started that season as well, and then the big thought that was that Sorry. season, aye. And and you're back, you've just reminded me there. So, you're looking at things like that as well. You've, you've basically Who was lost, captain, wasn't he? We lost him, you know, we lost a captain twice. So, you're, you're looking at that, you've lost your two, uh, you've lost your two centre halves. Getting into this this half of the season, you've lost your goalkeeper, and in that day like, three players, you've, you've also you've also lost the captain twice. Mm-hmm. So I I'm sure we'll, we'll go in there, but as you say, the mental strength is, is phenomenal. And just to touch on, and I'm sure we will the a wee bit more, but it's it's things like that that make me so glad that Big Egg is regarded the way he is nowadays. Because I think back then, he certainly wasn't. He, put it that way. And I, I, I mean, I mean, being a daft fourteen-year-old and 
having arguments with you constantly about Alec McLeish. But I certainly know now what he what he done for us and what it took for him to do what it did for us. And again, as you keep saying, against against a Celtic team like that as well. I, I, I think I think a big, big man's issue was though that the financial situation at that time he would get the right formula some way in one season and then have it absolutely decimated I mean we've just said about how poor we were the season before, we lost Arthur Newman, Neil McCann Lorenzo Amoruso <laughs> you know the list is on the players, Barry Ferguson eventually the list is on the amount of players that we lost for our treble winning team McLeish was tasked with rebuilding that. To have a season out, rebuilding, basically, all right, getting it wrong, but to then fix what was wrong in the following window, to go into it, and as we said, we lost once to Celtic and never lost again until just before the split. That shows you how good A, they were, mm-hmm. that, we, that we still went into the new year a point behind them. You know, so so to still keep going and still be able to, despite all these cost-cutting measures, despite everything that's going on, to keep going and keep going, that's a sign of a Rangers. That's a sign of a Rangers manager. That's a sign of a Rangers team. That no matter what gets put in your way, you just got to get through it. Definitely, definitely. And for a, especially the, the the January which we'll go into, the players that come in and I mean the ones I can think of, everyone has stepped up and then some. You know, have all moments, big massive moments in the in the second half of the season that led us to. What we're going to talk about, what we're all looking forward to talk about. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, thanks very much, mate, for, for joining us. It's been enjoyable looking back, even at the first half of the season. Um, oh, obviously, the better bits still to come. But uh, it's it's been brilliant, man. Honestly, I've really enjoyed it. This one's been a wee bit. It's been a wee bit easier. There's so many. We've got so many actual personal memories yet, uh, which helps us out, you know. Uh, but no, it's been great, and I've kind of waited the, the, the last couple. Well, stay tuned for part two because I don't know when it'll be out, but it'll be out soon. But hope you've enjoyed this one. Thanks very much for joining us. See you later on.